the vital moments podcast my name is david i'm part of the team i'm one of the pastors here at vital point church and i'm joined by ron baker our lead pastor and this is our sunday morning wrap up for february 20th week two of our james series i gotta say happy father's day ron (laughs) as we record this happy father's day (laughs) no happy happy family day not father's day happy family day (laughs) that's hilarious that's talking great. to my father on family day. It's like showing up on Christmas day yelling happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, way to, great way to start it off. Eh? Messing up the, the holiday that we're in. You're at home. I just buzzed into the office and um, it's just so great that we get to do this. We are, like I said, kicking off. We are wrapping up week two of our James series. And I guess I should say we looked at James chapter two. And this is a really, I had a few people reach out to me before Sunday and say, we actually can't wait to hear this conversation around um, faith and good works. And what does this mean? Why does James go so hard at it? And so I I guess I got to start off with asking you, can you kind of give us the context around James chapter two? Because there is some really pointed language to showing James's heart, what it means to have faith and good works. Yeah, because when you consider what James as the leader within the church, his heart is for their faith to be vibrant and yeah. alive. Right. So I think that you have to, you have to work from that assumption that he, he's actually trying to paint a picture of what a vibrant faith looks like, but coming at it from a perspective of, you know, verses 14 through 26, where he's talking about, um, basically a workless faith is a worthless faith and mm. worthless. So it's basically saying that if there is no deeds attached to your faith, then basically that faith is nothing but a shell and is basically dead and useless. And I think that he sets that right up at the very beginning of that section where he asks, you know, can this faith, um, can this faith without works save you? And, and it, I think what, I think what I love about the passages is that, he, you know, he comes at it with such intensity and clarity and passion. And, and I, and I think that so oftentimes we kind of miss the dynamic of, of the actual writer themselves, because even though we, we, we believe that obviously the scriptures are inspired by God, God breathed, mm-hmm. but he also used the personalities of the individual writers, just like, you know, if they're quirky, he used their quirkiness. If they're sarcastic, yeah. they use sarcasm at times. And, and I think James is just very direct and, and feisty in this. I mean, if you're looking for a warm, fuzzy message yeah. on faith, this is Don't not go to it, James. Right? <laughs> Don't go to James. Yeah. I, I, and I like the context of it because it flows so beautifully. He poses these two questions at the very beginning, talking about what good is that faith with no works and can faith save him and, and, and then he kind of transitions through the, you know, a common experience within the gathering of, of the church is that you see someone without food or clothing 
and you don't do anything about it. You, all you do is bless them. I'll, I'll pray for you and then kind of go on your way and don't provide for them the necessities. Then basically saying your faith is nothing but dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was expected within the church. That's what people miss. It was expected within the church to care and do good deeds to, for one another and to meet each other's needs. You see that in Acts chapter two, they would sell their possessions. They would meet their needs. Nobody went without. Yeah, They didn't rely upon the government organization, but it, it was a beautiful understanding. And, and I think the, the fear of this conversation is it runs in contradiction to what Paul would write in Ephesians chapter two, eight, nine, where he talks about, you know, by faith, you are by faith, uh, you we're saved, you know, we're saved through faith. It, it's not, it, you know, it's not of our own doing it's, it's a gift of God. And so mm-hmm. this is James is on one hand, he's going like, yeah, you, you've got to work. Cause if you don't, your faith is dead. And then James or uh, Paul is saying, you, you don't work for it. It's not a result of your works so that you can boast. And, but I think they run, they don't run in contradiction. I think they run in compliment to they compliment yeah. each other. Right. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Like as we discover through James and what we've, we chatted about in the first week is that there is a lot of questions around the Pauline church, what Paul actually writes about. And Mm -hmm. James sometimes looks like it's actually contradicting, but really it's actually giving each other life. It's actually complimenting and they're running together where it gives us a deeper understanding of what a vibrant faith actually looks like. And that's the question that we're asking a lot in this series is, okay, what does this mean for my everyday faith when it comes to works, when it comes to my faith, when it comes to my neighbors, like even just that, um, it it seems so simple for James to write and for them to know in the early church um, that it was literally like sell everything, give the shirt off your back, anything Mm -hmm. that you have, right? Make sure that the needs of the people, your neighbors, your church, your family, your friends, they're all met. And this yeah. comes from your faith. And you actually use the, dre- uh, the dresser as that image for us, that yeah, it's not yeah. just a dresser of drawers full of politics or um, family and fun. The dra- and, and then one is actually faith as well. It's actually the whole dresser is your faith and everything that you do is from the works of your faith. Of in that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I guess the question I want to ask for you when it comes to understanding um, or getting an understanding of faith and works and how they intertwine together and actually brings life. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for everyday faith when we're looking at ourselves right now? Because you asked us to look in the mirror, look in the yeah. mirror for what does this mean for us? Yeah. So I, it starts with obedience mm-hmm. and there's obedience. Cause he, he brings in Abraham and Rahab in the conversation. And he, I mean, he brings in the whole idea of Abraham's obedience completed his faith. You know, his faith was active along with his works of faith was completed by his work. So when God asks Abraham to go and sacrifice Isaac, um, Abraham's obedience, his active obedience was that which completed his faith. So when you think about obedience, you realize that obedience starts somewhere and it leads you to somewhere. So the obedience started back in Genesis chapter 12 when he left his land to go to a land that God would tell him. Mm-hmm. And that was that was his first step of obedience. And then from there, things just flowed, knowing that God would provide. And I think for us and where I, I, I took us to in our own obedience is uh, for anyone who's learning to know what it means to be a follower of Jesus is this reality of starting with our money. And we don't think about money as the starting point, but it is. Jesus talked about it so much that our in our obedience to God with our money, giving him the resource the first 
part of our income, then we are being obedient and trusting by faith. But what people don't realize in that obedience, it gives life to our faith. It expands our faith Mm -hmm. because we get to see God's provision when we withhold it. When we hold it tightly, then we're restricting the ability of God to bless. We actually saw this in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And as a person decides in their heart and gives out of the cheerfulness of their heart, it says, I love this. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, Then he says this, you may abound in every good work. Mm. So in our obedience, our obedience with our money, honoring God with the 10th, starting with the tithe, it then very quickly transitions into understanding that that expands our faith. It expands our trust in Jesus. And we see the blessing, which therefore flows into the good works, which opens the door. Like we literally, we literally have the ability, as Paul says here, if we sow bountifully will reap bountifully and so in the abounding works of god and 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 i i've become so passionate about this because i think there are so many people that uh have reduced their faith to a religious experience on sunday but it has very little impact on monday and so Mm -hmm. in our obedience and our growing and moving towards this and i know the tithe the 10 percent um i i sometimes think it through like this it's like um, and you can build a really good case for this. Um, and I've talked to you about this before. Essentially, the tithe is already God's. And so I'm just giving back to him, which is already yeah, his, yeah. which then therefore blesses the 90 and expands the 90. Um, anyone who listened to that talk yesterday in obedience and tithing, the tithers in the room and watching online, they're like, yes, yes. I had people coming to me, just, you know, yeah. people who tithe saying, that is exactly the ones who are not happy with me talking about tithing yesterday, you know, inside they're kind of rolling their eyes going, Oh, here he goes again. Yeah. The reality is, is because they've not experienced the obedience and the expansion mm-hmm. of faith and the provision of God. And, and I think that's a, a, a critical piece. What, what's interesting uh, yesterday for me, hearing you talk about tithing and, and being obedient and that's actually accelerating your faith. What's fascinating for me in my journey and walk of, uh, of my faith, um, I wasn't tithing for a long time, was not, right. was not honoring God, always had a hard time with my money. Met Hannah, my wife, she helped me understand what tithing was. And it's just so natural for her. It's what she did. And then when I got into that, what's absolutely beautiful to see was through that giving back, it actually expanded my heart for others even more. Where yeah. then, then my works actually was accelerated where I was just like, wow, I, I, if I can give with my money, what can I give with my hands? What can I give with my heart? What can I yeah. give with my, my mind and my time and my space for others? And it actually through that, this is what it helped me yesterday when we, I was sitting in the Exeter service. Um, it was so beautiful to look back and I wrote it my phone of the times that I was actually willing to do good works because I understood what it meant to do yeah. good with my money. And just to see God bless and give me opportunities. And you actually shared a really good moment of you. Um, it's funny, in Pablo Hill, you said you had uh, an electric lawnmower, but you were actually snow blowing. Yeah, um, it, was, it was hilarious. Right. It, was, it was gold. It was gold in the moment. And do you want to just share that where you actually had something? Um, God yeah. revealed something to you. Yeah. So, so when it, Paul talks about in Ephesians 2.10, 
which we referred to eight, nine earlier in this podcast, um, we're created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So it's, it's the mind blowing to think that God has created these things for us to already do Mm -hmm. our ability to see them starts with our immediate steps of obedience. So I was using my snowblower a couple of weeks ago in my driveway and, um, yeah, my neighbors, they are busy. They got five kids and they're all over the place and they're quite busy. So I really felt the nudge to, you know, do the driveway for them. So, you know, long extension cord, you know, went over there and did the driveway. And uh, what was really cool was as I was doing the driveway, I heard this little nudge inside of me. It was like I was saying, Ron, I'm going to use these good works. I'm infusing this good works with my presence so that one day you'll be able mm. to share the good news. And I think that that's the reality of the good works that we're created to walk in are infused by the Holy Spirit, supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, that we do them in the name of Jesus so that mm. one day we can earn the right to share the good news. So it's like our good works earn us the right to share our good deeds. I mean, think about it like this. This just came to me now. Uh, in London in particular, over the last couple of years, he's been two guys, street preachers. And they are just attack people. Like I have been attacked by them actually at a patio at a coffee shop. And you think about they're they're demolishing the right to share the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now I just think you know, uh, right now the opportunity for us to earn the right to share the good news will come through our good deeds, our good actions that are infused mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit. And um, that's sort of what hit me when I realized when I was doing my drive, my neighbor's driveway, when she got home that night, it was really cool. Which, you know, she texted me and said, you know, did you do my driveway? And I kind of said, maybe. And, and she said, I won't lie. It was really nice to drive around the corner mm-hmm. late at night after work and see the driveway done. And yeah, it's just, it's a cool thing that I think we missed, but um, the, the mm-hmm. shocker of the whole thing, honestly, for those we maybe missed the talk is verse 26 for as the body apart from the spirit is dead. So also faith without works is dead. What, you, what an image, eh? Like the, mm-hmm. the immaterial life force gives life to the material life. Yeah. And so you and I, and anyone listening, um, the spirit in us gives us life. When the spirit leaves us, which is the eternal part of who we are, we're nothing but a shell. And I, I, my hope, my prayer is that the everyday faith will realize it's not a, not a drawer in the dresser, but that the dresser is actually faith. And then I begin to live out of that. So it was, it was, I, I really like the conversation. I really like the message. I mean, sometimes you hear me afterwards. Ah, I didn't like parts of it. I didn't like this, but yeah. I felt very strongly about this because I don't want people just to go through the religious motion of faith. I want them to be in the relationship like James says. Yeah. And I think that's such an encouraging uh, message for so many people, whether you're at the beginning stages of your faith, you've been around for a long, long time where you can be encouraged that you, you look in the mirror and say, what does this mean for my everyday faith? Is Am I going through a time where my faith is flat because I'm not using yeah. the good works that the Holy Spirit is actually prompting me and nudging me to do? And I think that is just such an encouraging, and I think that's a great way to stop this podcast and wrapping up that unless you got something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I need to say this because I think it was an important piece in the mm. talk. When we know that our faith is flat, we're more likely to try to blame others or other things. And and this is I kind of joked yeah. about this. A bunch of us pastors get together and talk about our churches. 
And, and the reality is, is that there are people right now saying, oh, the church isn't doing it for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, first, you need to understand we've never claimed that the church is supposed to do it for you and whatever the heck that means. I don't even know what that means. Um, but you've got to look in the mirror yourself and go, am I tithing? Am, do I know my gifts? Am I in a faith community? If like, I'll just say this. I can't wait for the day where I don't have to say this anymore. But if you have reduced your faith to watching church online, it's not church. Yeah. Yes, it's a great supplement. Yes, it can keep you connected to the vital point and to a degree. But watching church, it's like I watch a Leaf game. Tonight, there's a Leaf game. I'll watch the Leaf game. But, man, there's something different about being in the arena with screaming fans preparing for the parade. Yeah. <laughs> parade that probably won't happen for a few more years. But, hey, oh, I'm, just, I'm just jabbing at you. If uh, We just want to say thank you so much for listening to this Vital Moment wrap-up for our second week of James chapter 2, verse 14 to 26. And if you're not yet connected at a Vital Point Church through connect groups or even serving teams, we just really pray that you would take that step and that leap of faith of just getting in a community that where you can discover your giftings, discovering your even your talents and your abilities and using them to serve others and to lift people up around you because it's just so beautiful to be part of a community like that. And if you're not part of a connect group, which meets throughout the week, Sunday to Saturday. And it's just amazing time to gather with people, six to 12 people where you can ask more questions about life, more questions about faith and just set your questions free and be in a safe environment. So if you're not connected yet, go to vitalpointchurch.com. You can find all of the connection pieces there. We would love to get in contact with you, get to know you and cheer you on, pray for you and just journey through life with you. This has been your vital moment wrap up for February 20th and we're so excited that you are joining along with us wherever you are at have a good one and peace out